1: The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502, or email thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Hello,
0: everybody. Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody made it through the night. All right. I mean, it's uh, uh, what what a difference twelve hours makes. Twelve hours ago, it was like the beginning of the Wizard of Oz. Scary, man. I mean, the yeah. tons of thunder and I. I had unofficially. I mean, my unofficial rain gauge had five
2: inches of rain in yeah. it. Since yesterday, my neighbor left their garbage can open, and so I had an unofficial rain gauge through the garbage can, and it was it was full of water. So well, I can, like, I can tell in, you in, this: the, my pool day after was, was the low. My pool was low.
0: It's nearly overflowing it, now. Yeah, it, so, it, I mean there was rained, a lot of rain. It rained a lot
2: in the last yes, day or so. It, you know, the, the clouds sort of moved in during yesterday's show. We could see them coming, and uh, and yeah, sure enough. So ho- yeah, like Bill was saying, hopefully everybody uh, made it out okay from some. Uh, uh, some some serious uh, some serious sounding weather. sounds. I, I could see couple couple of tree uh, tree limbs down around well, I'm, town I'm just sure from uh, you know mm-hmm. from, from coming through. Sounded like some lightning got perilously close to my house, so I it feel was like maybe it, it hit, was maybe it hit some, maybe it hit some maybe it hit something uh, yeah. somewhere. But uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully everybody made it out okay because that was uh, scary stuff.
0: Yeah, it was. But uh, right now the sun is out, everything looking nice. Now the weather. The weather forecast has been revised a little bit. Not much chance of rain. Not, not any more than just a normal, you know, summertime pop-up showers, things like that, it looks like, for the next few days. So hope everybody doing well. Here on this Thursday, as we welcome you into the drive, Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, Drew here at the controls. And our number one of the drive, once again, brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And also the sponsor of our hotline, where we welcome your calls, questions, comments. And the number to get you through is 334 334- 321-1390.
2: 1, you can also text the show three three four five six four eighteen forty on the Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Big shout-out to the gang at Southeastern Industrial Contractors, including our friend Derek, but everyone else at Southeastern Industrial Contractors, too. And, uh, and yeah, you can uh, reach out to the show that way via the Drive text box. Uh, that
0: is correct. And we mentioned uh, Justin...
3: Uh Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Hey, I missed last week's show. Had something come up, but I'm back. That happens. Yeah, it happens, but I'm back and looking forward to looking forward to today's show. Should be interesting.
2: What's uh what has been on the mind of the Auburn Observer over the last few weeks? What have, what's been in your sights and, uh, and and something that you've been uh that's pretty good in your sights. And uh, and something that you know, what what have you been covering on your on your fine website? We
3: are uh, we are Firing off the last bullets of the off season gun right now uh, with media days next week uh, you know fall camp right around the corner, just kind of wrapping up some some stuff that I had been wanting to get to during the off season um, some more player kind of focused things uh, We had a story earlier this week that I think a lot of people enjoyed on donovan kaufman i i i might I might consider Donovan Kaufman the most underrated player on Auburn's defense mm-hmm. because when you look at his value. To what Auburn is going to do this year, and what he brought last season as as a first year player, and the fact that he's got multiple years of eligibility still left to play, um, and, could know, big, be, and big fan, could, big fan of Kaufman,
2: and could be a returner, right? Could be one yeah. of the uh, could could be the uh, the the the, the uh, returner uh, for uh, for either the the kick, the kick return or punt return. A uh, situation for uh, the uh, for, for the uh, uh, for the special teams you yeah. as well. I mean, yeah, the Donovan Kaufman ended up becoming a pretty pretty significant part of the uh, of, of the n- not just the secondary but the special teams uh, lineup last season. And played everywhere last
3: season in the secondary. He didn't blitz a ton, but when he did, it was very effective. Um, he was pretty efficient in terms of just generating some some pass some pass rush on on blitzes. And then on top of that. Um, he had the he had the lowest missed tackle rate on the team, um, which is hmm, pretty impressive for a guy is. who plays in space uh, all the time. And uh, he was only penalized once last year. Uh, the only other player on Auburn's team on Auburn's defense that had uh, fewer penalties, zero, uh, that played regularly was Zachuliota. So I mean, just a valuable player. It's gonna I, I call him very similar, to like a glue guy. Uh, in, on a basketball team, he's not going to. There's nothing about his game or his stats where you're just like, whoa, that's far and away, uh, you know, so amazing. Uh, but he just does a lot of stuff really, really well uh, and really consistently. I think that's what Auburn needs. And also this season, if he plays more nickel, which he did in the spring, um, that allows Nehemiah Pritchett to play more on the outside corner, help replace Roger McCurry, And Nehemiah Pritchett's best numbers and his best value come as an outside guy.
2: That, that's sort of one of the you know of, of the mysteries that will maybe. Find out more about during fall practice, and certainly you would think in the first few games of the season before Penn State, you would have an idea at least you know of where things stand at at the beginning of the year but but one of those mysteries on defense would be who's playing where in the secondary, especially with some of the new additions and and some of the guys that can uh, you know that, that can bounce between safety and nickel or inside corner and outside corner i mean do you do you feel like and I guess this is for Bill too, because you got the Bill Cameron depth chart. Like, where where do you sense like who's playing where in the uh, in in the secondary this year? Since we're talking about Donovan Kaufman, seems like maybe he's you know it seems you know in the spring at the nickel yeah. position. Yeah, is that Simpson and Pritchett are on the outside corner spots at least to start the year? You would, you would think. And then who's who's at safety? McDaniel and Zion Puckett. Like, is that Who? is that a McDonald. Uh, McDonald. Oh, like sorry, sorry, I was no, sitting McDan- here trying to. No, 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 not no McDaniel. McDonald. Oh, yeah. but like, is that is that a? Yeah, uh, my spring, proje- yeah.
3: yeah, my projected like at the starting line up in secondary would probably be Pritchett and Simpson at corner. Uh, Kaufman at nickel. Your two safeties up top would be Puckett and <laughs> probably McDonald. That's probably. probably. Where I mean, you would
0: expect him coming in. Maybe a market if he has a really good fall. Right. Uh, that,
3: that second safety spot, if if you're considering Kaufman as the nickel. Um, as the main nickel, like that second safety spot is really interesting to me because I think your other three spots are pretty oh, much locked The in. other the other guys are proven commodities. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm.
2: that where you would maybe work wooden into the conversation? You know, for, for well, that's snaps. where he worked
3: himself in, yeah, yeah exactly at, at, at safety. Yeah, you I mean, got wooden, Caden Bridges. I, I the one thing McDonald coming in is going to be big because obviously he has that experience, and then I think Gilbert. After getting his feet wet in spring practices, I think the fall is going to be pretty big for him as well. So that 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 second safety spot is going to be very fascinating. Well,
2: who would be in the conversation since we're talking about the uh, the, the secondary? Who's in the conversation behind uh, behind Pritchett, Simpson, and 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 uh, and Donovan Kaufman for, for snaps? You know, at corner yep. and, and yep. nickel. Yeah, DJ, DJ James. James,
0: eighty diamond.
3: Uh, Jd Rim, right? Yeah, I, I, it, all the in, all, all the double all, the initial all, guys. all the initials. Yeah, Keontae um, Keontae JD
2: JD. Scott,
3: you know Keontae Scott would be right. would be the, another the, abbrevi- guy. the
2: abbreviators, yeah. Uh-huh.
3: DJ James, it's like you know I always go back to something that uh, Kevin Steele said years ago that's always stuck with me. When you talk about starters and 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 defenses, it's like. We have 11 starters on defense. We'd love to have about 18, 19, 20 guys we rely on. To me, D.J. James is going to be one of those dudes that even though he might not be a quote-unquote starter, you need three, like before you get into nickel, you need three really good cornerbacks to survive in the SEC, and Auburn's had that for years to come. I think that's why they went out and got James.
2: Well, on offense now, too, I mean, I think you're really seeing an approach where a team has a quarterback and then 15 or 16 guys and maybe more than that, depending on how many receivers are involved in the passing game, that are starters or play a starters number of snaps we were, we were saying yesterday I guess moving to like you know some of the mysteries or things we'll learn a little bit more about offensively for this team Um, you know if if the approach of five starting offensive linemen and then wanting two or three guys who occasionally pop in and get some snaps too, to to stay ready and and you know so you can experiment with different combinations I imagine that's I mean even if you assume there are seven or eight spots in competition on the offensive line. There's a lot of competition for those for, for those seven spots and, and who's who's working where on the offensive line. Yeah, there's gonna so be competition to
3: the, for the five. For the, sure. the regular five on top yeah, and, and you wanna have you wanna have depth and you wanna have flexibility. Yeah, the only thing there is like with defense, everybody rotates on defense. Offense, you don't really rotate offensive line or quarterback so that's why it's always been a little different. But yeah, running back, wide receiver, you know, you get all that flexibility. It's offensive line, yeah. offensive line's pretty fascinating this year because because of all the guys Auburn brought back. There's going to be like two dudes that don't start for Auburn on the offensive line. That have who a have, lot of they have a lot of experience
2: sure. and and have been starters before at this level. So I mean, we we were we were talking earlier in the week. Was it I think it was Jason? It was just mm-hmm. yesterday. So when we were suggesting like. If you had to, you know, the, the players you feel are in solid position for playing time on the offensive line right now, Re- really solid position, you would think Nick Brahms because of this. Jones. Be, yeah, Nick, Nick Brahms, Coundry Jones, Killian, because you know. of the way he finished the year. You know, yeah. I, I think there's, there's varying opinions on how, I, I, how tight my, Killian's my grip about, is on left tackle.
3: Right, that, my only thing about putting Killian in that top spot is because, like, at least with Brahms and Jones, like, they've been the dudes, and like they've been in consistently. Zyre's had those opportunities because of injuries and shuffling elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, those ta- both tackle spots are like I-, I think you've got you've got options there between, you know, Troxel, uh, you know, Alec Jackson, Zaire, as you mentioned. You can play a guy like Brandon Council at tackle if you need to, like, you know. Coffee. Yeah, coffee. Yeah. Like there's there's dudes that have played and coffee's kind of the outlier because he hadn't played that much yet, but he has but he is one of the older dudes. I mean, you kind of also got to get to the point where this offensive line, where you look up and say, "Okay, well, that second wave of offensive lineman on this team, like a guy like uh, Jaleel Irvin or a guy like uh, uh, Cameron Stuss, those guys are seniors now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how long they've been around at this point, and that's how much, you know, all these guys coming back from Auburn have kind of
2: stayed ahead. Well, well, those two in particular, you thought of as well. They're waiting in the wings to replace. Nick Brahms and Brandon Council, and uh, I, I would lump Bradarius Hamm, who isn't, you know, with Auburn anymore, but like he's, he's another guy who, you know, would would be lumped yeah. in as far as like they, they were the starters. Tashaun Manning. Yeah, Tashawn Manning, who, who is going to start at Kentucky, it sounds like. I mean, there, there's a couple guys where Cam Stutz and Julia Irvin were waiting in the wings and Th- those spots haven't necessarily opened up yet. I mean, Cam then, Stutz is going to have the chance to compete for, even if you assume Jaleel Irvin is one of the starters at guard, you'd think Cam Stutz will be well, able to I'm com- not th- assuming that. Uh, uh, Irvin, yeah. Irvin, not Irvin, Irvin, Irvin center. Not, not Irvin, uh, uh, yeah. uh, Keandre Jones. Yeah. If you assume Keandre Jones is one of the starters at guard, uh, then which, the, you should. The, which, which I think is a, a safer bet, not, not Jaleel. No, that that other Jaleel guard spot
3: is interesting because you got wide, some, tar- wide open. You got if, some if, tackles who can play guard, you got I, some I, swing I just wonder, I just remember
0: how well the offensive line was playing when Brandon Council was healthy.
3: Oh yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. When, when yes. he was when he was playing, yeah, yes, when was playing. year before yeah. last, that's been yeah, that's been his that's been his thing, right? You know, mm-hmm. and he's he's got that. And I mean, if if he is fully healthy, I think it's going to be tough to keep him out. And out then your interior line, your interior line, you would say Council Jones and and Brahms I mean, again, it's it's going to be tougher to be in a better spot than that for this season if yeah. you're Auburn because again, you're not going to rebuild your offensive line of the transfer portal. You're not going to start a lot of young guys up front. That's a good, and then it's at tackle it's like you've got guys like who kind of steps up and who kind of kind of separates themselves Yeah at and, this point. Uh, how, I would imagine a healthy Troxel is one of those guys, but then it gets interesting well, after that.
2: Well and and the way we talk about edge rushers and how important they are on the recruiting trail and how big it is for Auburn that, yeah. that Derek Hall and Eku Leota decided to come back, a lot of teams in the SEC feel pretty good about their situation at edge. And that's why it's so vital for whoever Auburn ends up having at tackle. Yeah. They gotta be able to pass block like an SEC like 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 a tackle for a good SEC team. And mm-hmm. I'd say one of the questions right now is, yeah, I mean, how, how, many, how many tackles on the team does Auburn have where, where they, they could say, yeah, we, we would feel really good about that player being a starter all season long at, at tackle? and Two, potentially. Yeah, n- number could, yeah, number could yeah. be two, number could be more than that. Um, but that's, yeah, that's one of the things that, I mean, maybe the season, especially with the emphasis on passing offenses, like maybe that's one of the things the, se- the season hinges on is, is you know, what, what kind of production you get from from the the bookends of your offensive line,
3: yeah, and I think Auburn's going to want to be in a position if if your experience and your strength is in your interior line, I, I think you're also going to want to lean on that running game a little bit more too, just naturally with with stuff you know, power inside zone stuff like that. Um, that's where I think you know you want to have really good tackles. You're obviously going to have to throw the ball to be able to win this year. But you might not open yourself up to it. I mean, Auburn threw the ball more than they ran the ball last year. I do not see that being the case this year because of a number of different things. With, in the personnel. The, with a
2: healthy Tank Bigsby all season long, it would it would be surprising if the team decided yeah, to do healthy that. Healthy Bigsby, unless...
3: more experience interior uh, your line, your tight ends are, are are one of your strengths of the you team. Would, you would yeah, hope...
0: but if, I mean, the only thing is if teams want to play an eight man front all the time, right. then you're going to have to.
3: Yeah, you're absolutely going to have to. You're absolutely going to have to. And I think one of the keys for Auburn this year is going to be able to run the ball in these sets when it's spread out and kind of play that. That was always Gus's M.O. It's like play smash-mouth football out of spread sets so that if you are three or four wide, you can still hammer it at them, and it takes away the opportunities for for teams to load the box against you because naturally – somebody's got to go cover the the receivers.
2: So, something else we were talking about earlier in the week and and I do think you can lump Auburn in where you know the the SEC West you have, you have Alabama who um you know it's it's it w- will be the prohibitive favorite to, oh, yeah. to win the division. I I don't know how the other six teams are going to shake out a week from now as far as how they're predicted uh, to finish in the SEC. A&M West. will be second. I think A&M could be second, yeah. but we're hearing A&M will be picked
0: second. Mm-hmm. But but they're... I, I, I'm not I'm not 100 sure they're going to finish second. No. But that's
2: where they'll be picked. And there are folks who are bullish on other teams in the SEC West, Ole Miss, so I mean, Ole, Ole Miss especially. And but it's it's funny to me because I think Ole Miss A and M people are
3: going to try to be high on Arkansas and I tell them good luck. Well, but
2: well, like we we were saying earlier in the week, like Ole Miss. A M, Auburn, and LSU are all teams where they have the talent that if they get the well, br-
0: Rogers is back at Mississippi. I would say no, St- but, but state, state no, would be but, up there too. No,
2: but state, state, and Arkansas are different because they bring back last year's starting quarterback. Oh, the four teams okay. I'm talking right. about hmm. change gotcha. quarterbacks in the portal. They're going to have something new at quarterback. And all four, assuming Calzada's like if, if it's Calzada, or Rashford, or Auburn, like we don't yeah, know. Right, but but if there, there's an expectation, I think that an arrival, and even
3: if it is Finley. It's not who you had last year.
2: Yeah, That's right. But, but I think in the case of those four teams, there's an expectation that the kid from the portal is going to take the job. I think mm-hmm. at LSU, it's Jaden Daniels. At AM and it's, it's Max Johnson. And at Ole Miss, it could be Jackson Dart. Looks all, like Jackson Dart, so, yeah. so let's assume it. I think all of them, <laughs> the, all four of those teams are in situations where if things line up with the quarterback they got out of the portal and the passing offense is dangerous, they got everything else you'd want to be a top three, top four team in the conference. If not... If they, you know, if they roll snake guys at quarterback, it could be a really long season for mm-hmm. any of those four teams, and yeah. and all four of them have reason to believe in their quarterback situation. Jaden Daniels has been great in the past, struggled this past year. Mm-hmm. Max Johnson was exceptional to finish the year at LSU. The numbers last year were, I mean, his his season stats at LSU for a team that, granted, wasn't very good. The season stats. Auburn fans would go crazy over it, Max Johnson. Oh no, uh, stats uh, yeah, from the, a year ago, yeah.
0: twenty-seven and six touchdowns to picks. If yeah, yeah no I think yeah there, there'd be there'd be more confidence in this coming year if if twenty seven wouldn't that 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 would that would set that would be Auburn an all time yeah. single season record for Auburn, and it didn't seem like Max Johnson was was doing that much, but that's because he'd had a pretty good
2: quarterback a couple of years before. and then and then Jackson Dart who is, five touchdowns a game Jackson Dart's got a cool name but it's like half a season of production at USC but a big time recruit who played okay in in his time at USC had one really really good game. Uh, but but and and I think there's also the Lane Kiffin sort of factor there. So all four of those teams, like I, I think it's 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 remarkable how and, and they have they have different approaches. Twenty seven touchdowns would be everybody everybody but Cam.
3: Yeah, Just went and looked that up. Yeah, it'd
2: be it'd be one Chris of Chris you know, Todd number two all time at 22. That's right, Chris Todd the uh, the, the first Gus Malzon first season with Gus Malzon as the offense coordinator in uh, in, in two thousand and uh, two thousand nine
3: that's less than two a that's game right. that's right <laughs> like it's
0: uh it's, yeah, Auburn's, so, Auburn's, Auburn's all-time passing numbers
3: why well, i always are, go back are, are not I always go back to the fact that like numbers. the guy who is far and away the best receiver in Auburn history statistically played in the 60s and 70s. Like, like and, far and away.
2: Well, like, no, and, and it's surprising to think that, I know the era was different, but Jason Campbell, in a year where he ended up being a first-round pick for an undefeated team, didn't have more than 22 touchdown passes in, in that 2004 season. Because he had two better yeah, running yeah, backs with him, pretty, two first-round running backs. Well, not, but, but Guys even, that were higher, higher yeah. draft picks but as well. But he wasn't just handing the ball off in, in 2004. I mean, Auburn, Jason Campbell had a pretty good... I mean, you don't, you don't go in the first round handing and the ball off to people all, all game long. I mean, Jason was, Jason was pretty good. And then Bo Nix, in three seasons as a starter, also did. Uh, yeah, he had, uh,
3: had twenty seven hundred passing yards that year. Which oh yeah, no, Jason was fifth all,
2: f- fifth all time. Yeah, J- Jason had, a, I mean, look, I'll, I'll go to the go to the mat for the uh, for, for the oh four uh, uh, passing game, but no, just twenty uh, touchdowns. Too. You, you know, getting back to this year's SEC West, it's surprising how you know, all four of those teams, different approaches, different coaching styles, all of them, it seems like you know, if they if, if they get it at quarterback, if they've got something you're afraid of, then they they get have a really big season, and if not. In, in this league they they could find themselves struggling week in and week out to, to stay afloat.
3: Uh I I just find this funny. Um we talk about we talk about Zach Calzadas yeah at Texas AM last season. He Said seventeen passing touchdowns. That would have been top ten all time at Auburn. <laughs> Yeah. Tied with Pat Sullivan uh, and he in he did and, and,
0: and he wasn't the start of the entire season. Wasn't
3: the start of the entire season, and his first few starts were rough. Oh, yeah. And then, Colorado. as I wrote about a couple of weeks ago, as soon as he – the Alabama game, from the Alabama game on, he was a different quarterback. And he, from the and Alabama game on, good,
0: he was also nowhere near 100%. No. we we, we talked Because Auburn,
3: Auburn knocked him out. Well, and, Alabama, and those Alabama, two, Alabama, game, yeah, and those two games well that too. he
2: lost down the stretch – where after he hurt his shoulder against Auburn. Mm-hmm. Credit to Zach I know we're up against the Brave, but credit, credit to Zach Calzada that the, the way he improved throughout the season, because we, I remember, I distinctly remember us talking oh, about... He was terrible you know, in the Colorado game. After the Colorado game, we were talking about how you don't want to overreact. a and looked like a team that wasn't going to win an SEC game. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's the, the team, the way... That, and they won that Colorado game. But that game against a team that was worse than anyone on A&M's conference schedule looked like a situation... I mean, they, they were getting outplayed. For for fifty plus minutes against a a pedestrian S, a pedestrian Pac twelve team and if that's how they were going to play it looked like now you, you know it's it's like funny thing is he was even worse against Arkansas and he was even worse against Arkansas yeah. and
3: and it, you know it pres- didn't look good it did didn't. not look good at all for them and then it goes against Alabama and has the game of his life and then from there not an elite quarterback. But a pretty good SEC sure. quarterback. Yeah, and like, and like I said, I mean, consider not very far off from what Auburn had at the peak of Bo Nix's experience last year. It yeah, and in, in, his, in his first in his first time of getting getting a
0: real opportunity and and playing not at hundred percent. I thought I thought he was pretty good. All right, you're you're right, Dan. We do need to get to break, uh, just underway. Love for you to join in 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline here on the drive.
1: Welcome back
0: into the drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Uh, as, as we're, it's gonna be a short segment coming up this time because, uh, we, we went a little long with that first one, but that's fine. We'd love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports wise? You got any questions for, uh, for Justin? I, alright, Justin, I saw, uh, Alan Green's tweet a little earlier today. Dan Iowa? Uh huh. Yeah. Alright. I've got to ask you, because that's the question people ask me, and I, I don't know. I tell them what I think. What is going on with Auburn's NIL? There have been, there has been so many varying opinions that, well, Auburn Auburn's way behind. Oh, no, no, Auburn's just fine. Um, Auburn's being outbid. Oh, no, no, they're not. What, what are you hearing? What feel do you get
3: for this? Because this is it's very important. It's very important. I think officially auburn as the institution as the athletic department i don't know if they're necessarily way behind but they weren't proactive in this in this fight and i think there was a big feeling out process whereas you saw some schools be like go come out go Jumped jump right blazing. into it right yeah, yeah. Auburn well, obviously has, miami and texas a right. auburn is always kind of taking the tact of you know they don't want to be flashy with it especially with the school of let's be honest auburn's track record in history with punishment from the if anything comes down if anything happens they want to they want to be on the up and up right but you've got to you've got to play the game cuz that's where that's where things are going right now and so i think officially auburn is trying to play catch up but i don't think it's necessary like you want to say auburn you want to say is auburn have been held back in recruiting because of NIL? no they've been held back in in, in recruiting right now because of what happened earlier this year. Because of the fact they lost five games down last season. That's why. The only thing that's going to fix that is winning. But the NIL, all things being equal, if you can get back to that, you need to have NIL to compete with, with everybody else. What I mean, what about... But I don't see Auburn ever become an A&M or Miami in this Well, program. no. But I mean, I it's
0: just, I just wonder about some of the things that I hear about um, Auburn not being competitive with some other schools when players decide to go elsewhere.
3: I... I know of a couple of situations where there were guys that probably could have left Auburn this off season, and they are still here, right? And NIL played a big part in that. Yeah, I mean, and that that kind of stuff doesn't get talked about as much as hey, we spent ten million dollars, or we're going to give all this to get the five star quarterback. It
2: does seem like there needs to be a distinction between like I, I think the NIL operation that allows Auburn student athletes to make money when they're performing well in their sport. Like that that NL operation. I mean the fact that SUNY leaves I think and
0: Auburn he- is taking care of its players sure. and, and I mean, but but Auburn is doesn't appear to be able to entice Recruits as much as some other
3: schools. Yeah,
2: I'm not sure a. has been a flash. Like, right. I, like I'm not sure a Sunni Lee or a Jabari Smith is held back in their NIL right. earning potential because they're at Auburn instead of say or a, a Tank school. Or in a or yeah, Colby Wooden you know, or yeah, Hall in a, in a, Call. But but that's not necessarily the same thing as the NIL operations that are playing a big role in recruiting Getting and guys. landing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know the the five and you know the four and five star the the blue chip index worthy college football players that mm-hmm. are you know a, a, I also don't they,
3: know how I also don't know how many battles Auburn's been in where where that was the defining right. factor something we've wondered about There've too There've been a couple of guys There's one in basketball that was a, it was a big deal mm-hmm. And well, there just could kinda, be a couple in football this fall Yeah
0: I just but I, just I just know, don't I had I had multiple people saying that they'd read where Jelani Thurman's either coach or family said Auburn Auburn couldn't come close to the offers that he got from the Big Ten schools.
3: And that makes and that and that would make sense, right? And it's a matter of like the other thing is like who's calling who's pulling the strings there, who's calling the yeah. shots there, right? You know? For that to happen, everybody's gotta be on board. And if there's one thing I know about Auburn Athletics, no one has ever always been on board. That is exactly right. All right, we'll
0: get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in here on the Thursday Drive.
1: Now, more of The Drive. Twenty-five minutes
0: left or so here in hour number one. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson, taking your calls,
2: questions, comments, anything on your mind, sports-wise? Sure, talking about a uh, a lot lot of different stuff. I I suppose we should mention the Alan Green uh, statement that came out earlier today. You know, regarding uh, encouragement of uh, you know encouraging the Auburn. Uh, fan, I guess it's it's commemorating. Uh, I, I think a year of NIL. I know it's yes. a year this month, right? Yep. Is is uh you know of, of the NIL legislation being allowed and, and players, student athletes in the state of Alabama uh, being allowed to to sign uh, deals that 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 allow them to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. And Alan Green, uh, Auburn Athletic Director, uh, mentioning you know some of the uh, you know some of some of the uh, programs in place at Auburn University for student athletes to to sort of uh utilize their their name image and likeness and and at the end sort of uh it was a uh it was a call to action for fundraising. It was a call yeah, for mm-hmm. for fans to uh, you know fans who who uh, would would like to see Auburn uh succeed and and have the resources available. It's a way to be a booster if you don't have money to be a booster. Right, you can give to uh they he, he didn't specify he didn't specify a collective. He, you know, he said uh, any of the collectives that are providing resources to student athletes because there are several and he also uh uh, and he also mentioned the spirit program which, which auburn i believe implemented earlier this month mm-hmm. uh, that's sort of a um it's it's a data, I I yeah it's like a database for uh for companies that want to hire an auburn student athlete as an advertiser or as a as a, a pitchman or a, a sponsor or a, a uh, spokesman uh, potentially spokesperson uh, potentially uh, or or a um, I guess there's there's other fans who want to directly provide I, I think there's even an option for that like a like a tip jar sort of service where you can uh, you know you you can sponsor uh, you know an athlete like that way through the database I haven't I haven't read all the the, the fine print but yeah that was
3: it was so if you want to give money to Auburn but you don't have enough for season tickets yeah, it's it's like and any part you you've got anything left after well, season right, together. and
2: <laughs> and if you'd like, and if you'd like that money, and
3: you're not one, and you're not one of the big well, movers. Well, and if you'd like that you'd money, you'd
2: love to, you'd love to be one. But and if you'd like that money earmarked to a specific student athlete, which I, which or I is think is a specific somehow, program, a specific
3: sport,
0: or position within that sport, or whatever. But, well, yeah, you well, know. yeah.
2: I, I, but I, but I believe the I believe the spirit program even goes as far as to say you, get, you can earmark that money for a specific like, defensive lineman makes a sack. I think you can say, hey, great job. Twenty bucks. I don't know exactly what the rules are. I don't are there. know about that one. But, but I don't think know if like, it's quite like that. But no, I, think
3: it, I think it'd be one of those things where it's like, hey, we have this money here. I would I like him. I like would
0: like him to send best wishes to my family. Sure, and okay, got, or something like something like that. As we want to send him best wishes and fifty dollars. It's got nothing to you do know. with how great he played this past week. Uh, sure, surely not. <laughs> All right, Justin. Though you, you, we were talking about it during during the bottom of the hour break, and yes, there are some. Def uh definite distinctions in within NIL. Mm-hmm. And and yes, Auburn Alan Green is talking about collectives, the players are are what what's the the planes NIL? There's like is three that, of them now. Yeah, I mean yeah they're, they're, but a lot of you know the players are encouraging people to get involved with those. But let's face it, uh at least as far as I can tell those aren't competitive with the 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 big big money folks that want to get involved in NIL that seems to be um the the thing that's driving the schools that are bringing in the guys yeah. that are that are uh you know some of some of whom are are very happy to let people know that they're going to be set for life
3: i uh, i've i've explained it like this There were, you know, Auburn right now is trying. I don't know if they're necessarily playing catch up as much as they're trying to advance with what's going on. When NIL became a thing, let's remember what NIL was supposed to be. Players can get paid by companies and businesses for their name, image, and and likeness. That's what NIL is, right? And I think there were a lot of schools, Alabama, Auburn, being two very obvious, uh, very obvious examples of this. Where they were not at the forefront, they were not at the bleeding edge of all this stuff, because I think there were a lot of schools that looked around and said, "Hey, we will do this. We need to make sure we're playing by the rules." Mm -hmm. And then they looked up and they saw what everybody else is doing, and like, "Oh crap! There are no rules. They can't. There's. There's. There are no rules. What what Miami? What Miami and Texas A&M are doing? There are no rules. And so now you're trying to play play it up, and some are." Fine with that. Someone, someone to go ahead and spend that big and get that big. I don't think Auburn's one of those places. I don't. And but I don't, they're trying and it's to. It's crazy. That this, this, the,
0: and and people are people are going to turn it off right as soon as they hear me say this. I don't know that Nick Saban wants Alabama to be
3: that. Place. No, they don't. They don't. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Wants, Nick Saban wants it to be the way it was, but Nick it's Sa- not going to be. Nick. Sa- but it's always the thing with Nick Saban. It's this A and M thing. It's the thing with offenses. It's the thing Nick Saban says, "Hey, I personally don't believe this, but if we're going to do this, I'll all right." We've got more resources than anybody else, and we'll just pull, we'll just pull it to our, our advantage. Yeah, no, I, what Nick Saban wants to do is say, hey, you come here, you play football here, and then in three or four years you're going to be playing in the NFL. That's their whole pitch, and, and you are going to do a now, lot of winning, and a lot of you are going to get a lot of winning, and a lot of training and development in the process. Well, what did that's he do what last they year? want to do?
0: What did he do last year? He he, taught, he he let it slip out that Bryce Young was going to be making a million dollars before he would started, and before he was a Heisman Trophy winner, and that but was, was kind of. But, it but was, he was already there. That, that's what I think, Nick Saban. That's what Auburn we're thinking
3: is: we'll get him in, and then we'll show Nick's him how made we a can good take amount care of them. Money last right. year in NIL, but he he got it because he was the quarterback at Auburn. Right not, not because, because he could he be the was quarterback a highly,
0: yes. highly regarded prospect who Auburn was hoping to get in.
3: And not every recruit, not every big name recruit is swing like so I I said this earlier and again, I'm not an NIL expert, I'm not a recruiting expert, but this is just kind of how the feel I have of it. If Auburn is in the hunt for for somebody you know, as a recruit and NIL and maximizing NIL value and money is the most important thing in the world to them. I don't think Auburn's going to win very many of those battles because there's always going to be somebody who's going to be willing to spend more. And that's just not what Auburn's doing at the moment. Like that's not their vibe. And whether that's right or wrong, that's not the strategy. Now, I don't think Auburn is going away from it. I don't think Auburn's saying like, "Well, we're not going to do NIL or anything." It's not it will keep them competitive. But I'm again, if this is like to use the to use the old phrase, if this is like a wide open <laughs> bidding war, you know, and go a kid Aubrey's, going to the high school set limits. Yeah, is what uh, I've yeah. Heard. They're yeah. they're they're not gonna they're not gonna just. It's not unlimited for them, right? That's not mm-hmm. that's not their thing. That's not that's not where they're at. Uh, you know, as and and, and the thing is is that there's these free spenders, these ones that are going crazy. There's not very many of those either. What I wonder, and not is, every kid cares will, about that stuff. Will
0: will uh, will in or in their a ye- In a few years. Well, those will those folks still be spending as freely. No, I don't I think so. Yeah, you wonder if the novelty
3: uh-huh. of the you know the,
2: the floodgates opening. Now, it's, a it's bad
3: like, okay. It's a bad investment. Yeah, it is. There's no. Oh, the gamble you're taking is there's no guarantee. Astronomical. You know, like I, look, I w- when I would say the gamble when people played paid players under the table when this was all happening. Yeah. Bagman and all that. It's like. Yeah, it's a risk, and 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 only a select few did it. Now you're opening it up. you are saying, hey, anybody can do that. And also, hit hit. It's illegal. Don't worry about it. That initially is going to get a lot of people. You were saying you were saying this earlier, Dan. And I don't want to I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were talking about this earlier. Some of this stuff. Some of this stuff, some of this NIL stuff, some of this uh, it's like it's like crypto. Like it's yeah. a huge risk and you have no but it's part of the landscape we're in right, right now. And, and I would better was did not ignore, ignore it. NIL right. and cryptocurrency, I think they're very similar in the fact like everyone rushes into it and it's like we don't fully understand what's going on here. Some people are gonna make money off of it. A lot of people are gonna it. Well, you use know, who's gonna make of money all. off it is, is the kids right now. And good I, for them. Like that's, I just, that's I just wonder thing. that in a few years. That same that same
0: amount may not
3: if be if you available. Want to spend if you want to spend nil money and pay eight nine ten whatever million dollars on a five star player and he does not work out you're not paying that much money again that's just that's not no. how it is
2: you know and that's and that's why i i that, feel like there's almost a distinction between the groups that are selling. Subscription services to people for five ninety nine a month or six ninety nine a month for access to the players, which I do want to draw a distinction you know you, you sell a subscription service, but you yeah. provide content you know in exchange like it's not well, no, people yeah. aren't, people aren't buying the Auburn Observer thinking that it's going to help Auburn win football games or something there's a difference. people subscribe to the
3: Auburn Observer so I can like pay my bills and yes. live and do this for a living right. You know, I, I'm not here and saying it, subscribe to the Auburn Observer, and I will sign the best writers in the world to come to me. It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. It's a complete, it's a completely different different thing. And I'm all for the all play, the player led stuff, like the, sure. the the stuff where it's no like, with it. hey, if a player is like, you know, nowadays it's like you can sell, you could sell or an autograph, you could sell merchandise, you could do meet and greets, stuff like that. That's you know, that's still going to happen, but kind of in this current age where it's like people are like on discord or like on you know playing video games with the with these kids or something like that and like just another way to kind of have that connection yeah find all those ways to do it take advantage man like you're only going to be this popular for this long so capitalize on it as much as you're comfortable with the collectives is just where i i just don't get it i don't get how that's legal and like this again it all comes back to I- it all comes back to the nca not being not being proactive in all this. Which collectives? The collectives where it's like I give you a ton of I, I give you money and we have this pool of stuff that we can give mm. recruits and give players. I don't get how that's legal. Get
0: well, you better you give. need to be getting something back. Supposedly they're going to have to explain right. what you're getting yeah, back. Right? Or, ah. How many autographs are you getting? If, if a if,
3: if hundred Auburn, if a hundred Auburn fans gave you know, if a hundred Auburn fans gave a hundred dollars. Right to uh, to this collective, so that they can have ten thousand dollars to spend getting a recruit,
2: keeping a kid at home, keeping them it happy. It's like what. How is that? How pay, is that? When, then, when, when he
0: does, then they all get to
2: have birthday parties. Well, no, you, no, you know. then I mean, you then pay a football player ten thousand dollars to make a commercial for the collective, a fundraising commercial for the collective. Where right? They need to yeah, raise more is money. this not just money laundering but at it, this it, point? It, it, yes. It, it's, <laughs> well, no, and it's reminiscent of it, it's. Rem, I mean, I mentioned cryptocurrency for the the subscription model of sort of selling people a thing and. You know, Maybe it of, works. I mean, yeah, and and I I also see like uh, a comparison to super PACs in like the way that it's you know ra- raising yeah. this sort of money and you know with the, with the ability to spend it you know even if the spending is on fundraising for this well, like it's it there's a do you know it'd be an easier way to do all this? You know what would be an easier way to, to do all this. To Pay the it. kids. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: right. Have them be employees. Yes. And the NCAA, if they'd just done that a couple of years ago instead of saying absolutely not. It would have all been taken care of, sure, or at least at least come for.
3: They were so against. Oh, they
0: were so adamant. Absolutely they, not. Even, they, they can never be declared employees. And
3: I'm okay. Well, I'm not saying I'm okay. They need to be employees. They make a lot of money for for the university. And they sure. should be compensated. Thusly, that's my opinion. But okay, if you want to hold the Olympic model, if you want to do this is still amateur athletics, right? Let them do these sponsorships. Let them do these deals off to the side but they should have been proactive in saying here's what you can do here's a national law if you're going to be part of the NCAA you can do this but they were so adamant that they 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 wanted they were still they still wanted to bring down the hammer of god on Todd Gurley for selling autographs and that kind of junk like they could have they could have come out and said hey you want to do commercials you want to sell your autographs you can do that fine we'll we'll adopt the olympic model you'll still be amateurs But you can, you make money off the side.
2: There's a fear of litigation
3: too. But when you open it wide open, wide open, then you have people looking around saying, okay, what's stopping me from giving money to this person because they go to my school or I want them to go to my school? There's yeah, nothing
2: now. They can't even enforce those, those kind of rules because they're afraid if, they're, if they try to stop they someone, they get sued from, out of oblivion. If, if, they, if they try to stop, you know, if they try to put a cap on NIL, which you know, I think in some folks, even in the Olympic model, you know, there's some folks say there's, there's some sensibilities in you know, especially for a recruit or a mount on the you know, putting, putting some limitations on there, but not, not under the current model because they like you said they'd get sued out of oblivion. the NCAA. The NCAA
3: has gone before Congress, and the NCAA has gone before the Supreme Court. And they are the only organization, I think, in the United States of America that can get both sides of the political spectrum to say, nope, you're getting whooped here. <laughs> like, you're going to get routed. We're going to put up unanimous, like, so, like, that's the thing is, like, they, they, don't, they don't do that. They, they they painted themselves into a corner and then did nothing. It's just nobody has big picture vision. It, it's their fault. They deserve it. And it comes back to like, you know, what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago with UCLA and USC joining the the Big Ten. We can talk about NIL ruining college sports and all that, but it's like one of the big things that's kind of ruined it or changed it forever is all this conference realignment, all this TV money stuff like that. And what what's the reason behind that? No one has a big picture vision and no one is in charge here. So everybody's out for themselves, mm-hmm. whether it's trying to get a five star quarterback to come play for you or it's trying to maximize your TV deal. So it doesn't matter if we are on the other side of the country, we'll go play in the Big Ten. Like it's, it's all, it's all the same problem. And, you know, the NCAA is really the, the big culprit here. We need to get to our final
0: break of hour number one. Dan, hang on. You'll be up first when we come back here on the Thursday
1: drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back in, final segment of hour number one of the Thursday Drive with Bill, Dan, and Justin Ferguson. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And Dan is up. Hey, Dan.
4: Hey, guys. Um, I was going to talk about uh, something that seems really cool. Uh, you know, you guys, I wouldn't say y'all started it, but y'all jumped on board when y'all started doing interviews with Chinkert and then uh, Jasper and then you had uh to share on there.
0: Yeah, we and got something great. for it.
4: Yeah, I mean, it, it's great from a fan's perspective, to hear from the player's mouth, you know, what's going on. And then Mm -hmm. there's a new one that's that's come out. I'm I'm, I'm guessing you all probably have seen the – some of it's called the War Report or uh, Building Report, and they've interviewed, like, four or five players, and, you know, there would be, like, a 30- to 45-minute interview, and you can get such amazing information out of it. I mean, you're hearing it from the player's mouth, you know, about who's working out the hardest, how the team's looking – you know what players are the fastest. You know how did they come to Auburn. You know, and, and I mean, it's just for fans that in recent years, especially, have been starving for information. I mean, we just are hoping to hear anything. You know, it's like a major. It's just a great idea, and I, I know the players are probably getting paid to do those interviews. Oh, they definitely. Oh, yes. I don't know how Absolutely. Much, but but it's a great way. Like if you will, if for I mean to come up with that idea. You know, it, you know if a player. Well, you know, it's, it's okay by the coaching staff to come talk. And then they can go in there and it, it, I don't know how much they got paid, but if, if somebody says, hey, I'll give you a 1000 bucks for an interview, <laughs> I mean, that's a great way to do the NIL thing and give all the fans what they really want to hear is information.
3: Yeah, and, and, I'll, and I'll say this. As somebody who's covered, you know, football, especially here for for the last decade, like access continues to kind of shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink as – Coaches and, more importantly, athletic departments kind of tighten their focus. And the the, the ones that ultimately lose out in this are the fans, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get to hear that kind of stuff anymore, right, as much. And so when access shrinks, it hurts the fans. But what NIL has uh, has opened it up for guys like Bill and Ann, for others who, who do this, is that you know you get these sponsors or you find ways to get it so that the players who are spending extra time doing these interviews cuz they don't I mean if they go talk to you at a press conference they don't get paid for that they don't they don't do any of that but you know and that is that
0: is name image and likeness i mean that's for right. for for, and, for it, them because they're not just they're not just interviewing somebody you've never heard of at the bottom of the depth chart either for 30 or 45
3: and minutes. and you can be the most strict and the tightest you know uh SID department in the country and you can limit access and limit focus. But the one thing you're not going to do is if somebody's willing to pay an athlete, mm-hmm. you're not going to tell them no. Right. Because you don't want to have that reputation. You don't want to have that. So, absolutely. It's a great thing for fans that you can have that access. I wish that access could have been already happening. But look, man, Money talks, and so it's a it's a good thing for the players, and it's a, it's a good thing for fans. Like yeah, I said.
2: Dan, Dan, there are a lot of possibilities as far as you know, player interviews and public appearances and things that sure. you know, have have been you know. And, and I think uh, you know endorsements. A, yeah, I, yeah, I think it would take you know a, a cutting edge a cutting edge entrepreneur or two in Auburn to sort of really unlock you know what's what uh, what all you know is is, is possible with uh, with nil because you know it's brand new. It's just been a year, and uh, and yeah, we're seeing uh, some some cool stuff. Uh, already, and and I think there's the possibility of some of some really cool stuff down the road too.
4: Yeah, well, I, I'll give you one example. You know, uh... I, I guess it was um, uh... Marquise Burks had an interview, and he, and he said he, he was talking about. They asked him how strong he was, how much he could bench, and then he, and then he, he makes the comment. He goes, "Yeah," he goes, "Colby and Marcus, man, those are some really strong dudes." And all this time, I've been wondering, well, how did Marcus come in? He was a like a low rated guy. He's not that big. How's he able to start on the line and sit there and, you know, do a pretty good job? And 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 then you hear another player going, oh, man, that's a really strong dude. It's like, you know, it's like just little bits and pieces like that are are just like tons of enjoyment for for most of us who are football junkies or or basketball junkies or anything. I mean, we just, like I said, thanks. Appreciate it.
0: Appreciate the call, Dan. Yeah, sorry, we we are up against our top of the hour break. Great stuff, Dan. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We're halfway done here on the Thursday Drive.
1: 294 AR Auburn, WGCC HD3 Waverly, Auburn Opelika's Sports Leader, ESPN 1067, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. (laughs) Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in,
0: hour number two of the Thursday Drive. Bill. Dan. Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Drew at the controls. We'd love for you to join in here in hour number two, which is brought to you by the good folks at the orthopedic clinic. Do I need to say it again today? I'm still going next week (laughs) to the orthopedic clinic. No, things have not just magically gotten better, but I'm counting on them, and I I know they can can help me out. The orthopedic clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic with locations at Auburn and Opelika got got an appointment at the Auburn location next week on the web at orthoclinic.com and we'd love for you to join in uh, here in hour number two and how can you do so? Well, you could call us on the Kia of Auburn hotline Kia of Auburn where you're Always number one. And the number to get you through is
2: 334-321-1390. Or you can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the drive text box, presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. You know, something I'd love to toss out there uh, is, uh, and, and we'll, 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 talk it, uh, we'll talk about it too. But, uh, you know, if there's anything for our listeners as far as, you know, something they really want uh, asked of Brian Harson or Tank Bigsby or Derek Hall or John Samuel Schenker. Like I, I, I mean, I have some thoughts of my own as far as you know what I'd like to ask those guys. But if someone you know has, has an idea in mind of a, of a question, I think especially for Harson because uh, he because he, he I mean he's had he's had a couple opportunities uh, to answer questions uh, this offseason. What,
0: what what has he not been asked that you would like to hear him answer?
2: No, you know, I just just sort of the you know the at now now that he's spent a year you know within the Auburn program, like what's you know what what has he you know what what's what's he learned you know what what is you know what what has he figured out you know works doesn 't work you know what 's changed about his approach you know after a year at auburn like I think those sorts of things not not that you know Brian harson needs to be raked over the coals or anything for his uh you know for for his off season but i do i do expect you know i do expect the you know the the january february you know harson gate sort of deal to pop back up and he's probably going to need answers about he 's probably going to need to to have you know at least you know an answer at the ready as far as you know what you know moving moving forward from what happened in january february as far as you know uh, i
0: don't know I, yeah i was going to say I, I don't know that there's an awful lot more that that he would say that he didn't already say about, sure about that but yeah
3: i'm, I'm well, sure i'm
0: sure yeah i'm sure that well it's it, that's questions where, aren't done well
3: that's where sec media days come in, comes in right because everybody in auburn Everybody locally has had their chance to ask Brian Harson and talk to Brian Harson about this. But the, what, what's really important is that we go to SEC Media Days and some dude who covers Texas A&M can ask a yes. question of Brian Harson about his job security. Like that. Like like that's that's <laughs> the that's the important job here. That any radio station in rural South Carolina can can get take Brian Harson to task in front of God well, and, and everybody on the SEC network.
2: And, and with and with Brian Harson, you know, with the with with what happened in you know the, the first quarter of, of 2022 like the thing that I guess getting back to sort of like his his continuing to to grow and sort of process and and, and you know f- figure out you know what works uh, here at Auburn like i'm I'm curious whenever he mentions in, in, in the interviews he's had whenever he mentions you know what happened it seems like he talks about a lot of vicious, false rumors right it's like there was a lot of there's a lot of sort of stuff that was out there that was untrue and hurtful and some of it involved his family and clearly that bothered him a lot yeah and it and i and i do wonder like if what do you want him to say that it doesn't bother me that
0: that we lost the last five games no what what i'm what i'm wondering about is he's trying to deflect by not by not addressing I the, think the,
2: the on field thing. No, what, what I'm what I'm curious about is when when the rumors get sort of dismissed as untrue. And, Why was there an investigation in the first place? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm sort of like I'm sort of right. curious as to like, you know, has has without without necessarily confirming rumors like, you know, what has he you know, what has changed about his approach? You know, after he after talked about year that some
3: in like, the spring. He talked about it some you in the know, spring. And, and, and player, we heard it from players too,
2: and sort of you know becoming more you know, per- personally involved with the players, meeting family members, things like that. I mean, I guess yes, uh, there, there has stuff. been, yeah, that sort of mm-hmm. that sort of off the field approach too. But that's um, yeah, I would I would expect Brian Harson to have you know to to be to be asked about that you know from certainly from outsiders you know in the uh, in, in the uh, d- d- during the the One Aubrey's things for one
3: things for certain though, and somebody asked me about this in the mailbag that goes up tomorrow. Um, Brian is going to take like two questions, maybe three questions on the main stage, because you remember last year Oh, he
0: he is great at extending will, his answers. He had an over <laughs> two
3: thousand word opening statement last year, and he only took three questions because the answers are so long. I would I would bet that we're gonna see a repeat performance in I Atlanta. Had, I had and so whoever gets the questions, they better bring it. I or do, or not? I think it would be even funnier if somebody just asked some like really random. Oh, you person. know,
0: well there, there's always there's always someone. Like I or want two Bob ask like,
3: those, like I want Bob, Bob Holt like I want Bob Holt to, yeah. to ask like Bob Holt asks a good question. I want somebody who is just completely like like who who what hey, what's going on and like I want somebody to stand up and ask him what he thinks about like Missouri's defensive line or something like that. I want that. I want somebody to pull that off on him. And no, then just see what I'm, the reaction I'm, I'm is. Just what I'm thinking, see what the I'm thinking
0: it's is. the one who asks the same question
3: to everybody of every coach, yeah. and it's ridiculous. Those are good. Questions. Yeah, those yeah. are really good. Ah, he'll get like a CTE question would, or something. He would love of, that, of, or like out of, a, out of nowhere, or, or nil, and like so, like Brian can talk for ten minutes about it. and that's
0: it. Sorry, we've got to move on. We've got to go. He's on. He's out of time. Got All to go right. to another room. This is
3: where. This is where again. This is where. This is where your being, ability to filibuster can be, and very, also.
0: Uh, I don't want to. I don't want.
3: I don't want to toot our own horns here because you know. Although that's what I do a lot, but um, this is where local media matters still and all that because you know we get that access that everybody else doesn't get. Even at media days, you know, there's usually there's usually a Q and A session with the local folks hmm. right before he goes on the main stage. So if you want like actual answers, yeah, folks, we've heard
2: we've heard about that.
3: Right, the 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 SEC, the SEC by the uh, by the way, the, the SEC network. Um, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna necessarily get that if you just watch Brian Harsin's time on the SEC network. You might just again get two or three questions. In right, 334-321-1390. 3, 3, 3,
0: 1, That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. Anything you want to talk about sports wise? And let's get uh, back to the phone. Who have we got? Brett. Brett is next. Hey, Brett.
5: Hey guys. Uh... This wouldn't be a question for the guys at the SEC meeting, but uh, when the people come on like Jason Caldwell and all, I'd like to know, number one, I assume that they've either heard or seen some of the uh, summer workouts that the players are going through. Is that right?
2: I think, I think most of the football stuff has been pretty under wraps. Uh, every, everything sense.
3: football is behind closed doors yeah, except we, we for random recruiting stuff.
2: I haven't been able to see too much of that you know, in, in, in person since uh, spring practice. Yeah, you have to rely
0: on you know. who you know. Yeah, that's right.
5: Okay, well, how about this? I'm sure they would have asked some people who would know and would actually give them the truth. I'd like to know and Camden Brown is he able to get off press man coverage in practice and the same thing with Omar Kelly
2: yeah, you know, I, I would expect, and, and well, you know, I, I would think John Samuel Schenker, you know, and, and Tank Bigsby for that matter, too, and Brian Harson. You know, I would think that maybe the offensive guys could be asked, you know, how ready are the new receivers, mm-hmm. both the true yeah. freshmen and the incoming transfers?
3: Somebody's going to have to step up out of that crew, oh, yeah. and, and two of those guys, you just, those two guys you mentioned there, could definitely play a part. Yeah, in how, that.
2: how ready are the new arrivals to play a role in the Auburn passing offense? Because that's another one of the mysteries of this 2022 season that will probably play a pretty outsized Role in in determining how good this team is.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think uh, Brown. He's obviously going to be big enough, and strong enough, and it appears from what I've seen on film that he's got good hands.
2: Yes,
3: and
5: I'm not talking about where he's you know just behind somebody forty yards and you know it's an easy catch. Looks like he can catch the ball. My question would be, can he get off the line of scrimmage in major college football?
3: It'll be inter- it'll be interesting to see how they find out because he's going to get tested in that. Those guys are going to get tested with that in practice, especially early on. With as good as press. Guys, as a guy like a Nehemiah Pritchett or especially Jalen Simpson, is. it
2: does it does make you feel really good when a receiver can because there are so many different. And I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on playing the receiver position in college football, but there's um, there seems to be so many different adjustments that a guy has to make from from playing high school receiver to going up against you know certainly at the power five level or if you're talking about playing receiver for a good team you know the adjustments you have to make against against good defenses at the college level and when a guy can. Overcome that and be on the field early in his career as a receiver. You get the feeling, you know, it's a it's it's big paws on a puppy.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but last thing, but Dan, you know, as we talk about, yeah, the one place Auburn needs to improve is the wide receiver position, and I agree. But you know, it's not like we've got to have Devontae Smith out there. I mean, last year, if, if Auburn's receivers just caught a high percentage of the balls. That hit both hands. I mean, both hands, not one. Hit both hands.
3: The Auburn wins two to three more games last year. Yeah, it's that's one of the big things that I I'm, I'm keeping an eye on this year with the hands. I mean, Ike Hilliard coming in as a guy who coached for so long in the NFL. We were talking about about this during the break. Yeah, you know, I think Bill, you mentioned is like if you've coached that long in the NFL, it, you know, it, it ain't because you're a recruiter. No, you know, it, it's because. Techn- it's all technique, technique. How do I get professional I athletes coach. to be better? Yes. Right, and I, you know what? So that That's going to be. Gonna be a, that's going to be a big priority for them. For and sure.
2: I, and I caution people like, don't read too much into coaching trees, just because a guy worked for somebody else or played for somebody else. That doesn't mean you're getting that coach. But if you coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers, no, a wide, wide no, receiver, you're going to be in a good go spot. I'm going back even further. Uh, you know, give give me a guy who spent a couple years learning passing offense around Steve Spurrier. More as, than a couple, you know, yes. more, more than a couple as as one of the great Florida Gators receivers ever. I've heard Ike Hilliard say some things that remind me of of things that sort of are, are philosophically Spurrier esque about uh, about uh, about passing offense and that's uh yeah, that's that's a good sign for a receivers coach. Hi right,
0: guys you have a great thing. Appreciate the call. Brett, you can uh oh,
2: you pretty, can join pretty good us coach. As pretty well. good coach on the Steelers too, though. To your point, i will just say, it's
3: like if you look at the the last decade of the Steelers, they go and get guys in the third or the fourth or the fifth round and turn them into like pro bowlers. And like he was part of the he was part of a line of receivers coaches uh, with the Steelers that have done great work. I mean, that's the thing about you know in Roethlisberger's career, like he didn't have a ton of like just like superstar receivers oh, here, yeah, that were superstars when they brought him in, right? No, they, they, they develop him really, really well and he was part of that. And he had he had some good had some good sense of Washington too with some guys like that.
2: Yeah, I, I want to see I kill your Pierre Garcon. You know, I I impact on uh, you know on, on that receiver's room, you know, and, and how apparent it is early in the season.
0: I don't believe have have we spoken since since Auburn speaking to receivers added uh, Carmelo English.
3: We have not.
2: I didn't think so. I think no, yeah, because, Carmelo English. Well, because Bill was in Bill was in Pensacola, and then you uh, you were out of town uh, yeah. last uh, last uh, last week. We didn't we didn't have you. Uh, on he came in so. on
3: the fourth. Yeah, so,
2: yeah. Right, He did.
0: So. so, I mean, Auburn has gotten Jeremiah Cobb and Carmelo English, but I mean, yeah, let, we can talk about Cobb in a little while. But I'd l- I love your thoughts on. Yeah. On Carmelo, uh, another you know local product, another guy, another in the meant a long line of outstanding receivers from Central.
3: Yeah, and uh, so it's, it's talking about that, Carmelo English, junior, broke the single season records at Central Phoenix City for receiving yards, receiving uh, touchdowns, and receptions. If you do that at a place that had Justin Ross and E.J. Williams recently, Mm -hmm. and they've got a history that goes even further back than that uh, at wide receiver, you've done something. I've watched him play several times. I've covered a few of his games. Um, The thing I like about Carmelo English is that he is one of the most high-floor wide receivers I think I've seen coming out of high school in a while. This is a dude that is just as consistent as they come. He's one of those guys that, you know, in high school you can find a kid that's taller than everybody else, that can run past everybody else. English isn't either of those guys. But at a 7A level, he's one of those dudes where, uh, you know, Patrick Nix made it really simple last season for them. Is like, that dude's got to be touching the ball seven, eight, nine times a game for us. And I think that kind of is how he translates to the college game. Um, again, not the fastest, not the biggest. Really good hands, really good after catch, really smart receiver, really smooth guy. And, you know, I I think with a guy like Carmelo English, I don't know if he'll ever be a superstar receiver, you know, for for a team. But, man, he, he he comes into a spot at Auburn where, like, they need guys like him that you can just feel like it would be very, very reliable early on. To me, very similar kind of what he can do after the catch and what he can do in the slot and operate and route running and what Auburn got in Ryan Davis towards the end of his career. But here's the thing about Ryan Davis. He was a high school quarterback. Yeah. Brian Davis was
0: 59
3: and dude. they transitioned him English clo- you know closer to that 6 foot mm-hmm. that 6 foot, foot range but that very much very much one of those things is like you know you don't have to he's not He doesn't have to go deep every time. He doesn't have to posterize players left and right although he has a really good catch radius. It's just give him the ball, let him let him go to work and honestly, Auburn has not had very many of those receivers in these last few classes. They've gotten a lot of projects. They've gotten a lot of dudes that are like Physically there and like, well, maybe it'll work out. I think he is very smooth and very polished for his age at wide receiver, and it's been a while since Auburn's gotten a guy like that. 334, 321,
0: 1390. We'll get to our first break of our number two as uh, we continue here on the Thursday drive.
3: Now, I can talk about Jeremy. General-
1: Live on The Drive. (laughs) The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at TheDrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive
0: 18 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer and uh yeah Justin before we uh uh get your thoughts on Auburn's uh other pickup lately uh, tell everybody about the observer yeah. what you what you know what's what's uh, up there now what you've got coming up here obviously media days is going to be a media big thing it's days will be big
3: it. next week yeah so this week uh, we talked about the Donovan Coffin story in the first hour um I also did a story it was really off season I went back and looked at every major team Auburn basketball and Auburn football has never played before and tried to rank them like, hey, who would be cool for Auburn to schedule next? Notre Dame. Notre Dame in both sports, actually. They've never yeah. played Notre Dame in basketball. They've never played Arizona State in either sport. Is that crazy? And they've never played – there was a third one. Iowa? Iowa. Mm. They've never played Iowa in either sport. Um, I knew Auburn had never played Notre Dame they've never in played either of, in of the either big big of ones. Yeah, um, so Auburn – so you can check that out. Did a podcast today with Painter where it's our third annual draft, which is what we do: is we take the Auburn roster and we each draft an offense and a defense, going back and forth, head to head, snake draft style. Kind of our way to talking through the draft or through the roster. It's our way to kind of rank players and kind of where we mm-hmm. feel about them. Uh, tomorrow's the mailbag; it's a big, another big one, and uh, we'll have a podcast over the weekend where we'll talk about a lot of the, a lot of the news of the week.
2: I wonder. I wonder in in that in that format that you guys have, because I I do think you should switch to a Greystone draft style format, but, uh, you know, but in
3: the, uh, I would, I would know how how to, I would, I would know how to
1: run that. Nobody else would either.
2: You'd have to get Bill Cameron. You'd have to get Bill to write, write the names on the board,
1: on the board. But
2: but the, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think there's, there's a couple different, was, was there any, any real, you know, without tipping your entire Mm -hmm. hand, any real surprises from that, uh, uh, I mean, from from that draft for for you and Painter and anybody that you thought you know people would be surprised at how early uh, you you were. Right, who was off the, off the
0: second board? offensive player drafted?
3: The second offensive yeah, player. Yeah, because I'm wildly draft. guessing Tank would be. Tank. First. I had Tank Calzada. one. I had Tank at one overall. Now Calzada came later. Okay. Um I think Painter. I think Painter had the second pick on offense, and he you know, we were heavy defense early. Um, hmm. I think Shanker was the top okay. one for hmm. him. And then we had a run on offensive linemen. You have to kind of play strategy. So the oh, tough, yeah, yeah. The tough part Obviously. is, so I had the first overall pick, and I took Tank. And so a snake draft, and we, and so Painter got two picks off of that. He takes Derek and Colby, and I'm like, all right, well now I got to go get defensive lineman now. Yeah. Uh, but it,
2: it all worked out. I think he beat me though. He did get Calzada. See, I would play it the other way, where, where Painter's done taking defensive linemen, so you can wait because he's got Derek and Colby. Like you, you oh, could, but he's not. He could, He gets yeah, two he more. Could, he could get two more. But he, you know, if he, he takes can... Marcus Harris and Ecualeota, I'm done. No, you just take all the quarterbacks. See what he does then. Yeah.
3: <laughs> we did. We did. We did. We only took one quarterback <laughs> each though. So uh, no, I, he got, got Calzada. I, I had Robbie ashford um hmm. i like my i like my So but you can check that out and then uh yeah com. it's six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year to subscribe and uh yeah go to the website click around you can get a free trial you can preview all of our stuff we will send you either a podcast or a newsletter more newsletters and podcasts but we'll send you one of those at 6 a.m central time uh pretty much every weekday and as we get closer to fall camp those start rapid, r- ramping up sorry um more newsletters and and more podcasts moving forward. So it'll be a lot of
2: fun. Yeah, I mean, should should start having. I mean, August, we're about to, This is about to yeah. be year three. I mean, August. That's wild yeah, know, to think about. I know. Mm-hmm. It's the third, third, third football season yeah. of, the, uh, of, of The Observer. Six,
3: did, did not. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest. With you, did not think I'd still be doing this a, six, into a third year. Six
2: seasons in a movie, Justin. Yeah. That, that's the. No, uh, that's I'm,
3: the, I'm, I'm all in now because, like, <laughs> that's the thing is, like, it. We got it started. I remember Dan. I mean, Dan, we were talking. We talked about it very early on in the process. I was like, maybe it's something I can do to kind of like. You know, see see how it goes. We'll try. It. I did have not, enough of a not not something like th- while I'm looking for a real something. Not be, right. not or be like, homeless. or like one of those things where it's like you know, I have a I, I yeah you know, I have a little bit of a runway. I got some you know you know a, my former employer took care of me a, a pretty decent bit after throwing me out into the street. Not so th- not
0: this one, the other former. Not this one. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, don't expect that.
3: Don't expect no, that did, at every place. I didn't get that here. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. No. Um. No, and I thought like, hey, I'll I'll get through a football season and see what it's like. And then by the end of that football season, I was like, shoot, why why get a real job at this point? I can just do this. Um. So, but yeah, AuburnObserver dot com. Check it out. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of stuff uh, next week.
2: And I think with a, especially in August when I mean you go into a season, and maybe it's just the, maybe it's the, maybe it's a normal number of question marks on a football team. But I feel like going into this year, and, and maybe it's because you're gonna have new faces every year through the transfer portal at yeah. different positions. Where where even if you have a veteran player, it's not a veteran player you saw last year. So there's a question of what really you know how he's gonna fit in well, and how he's I mean, you know honestly. I, I feel like Auburn has fewer
0: questions than than
2: a lot of other. I years think their questions are
3: bigger, but they're not as many. Yeah, I, I think, don't that's think probably, there
2: are as many. I think that's probably fair. I th- I'd say there are there are spots on the roster that are huge question marks, but there are other spots on the roster where you feel like you've got you, you're in excellent position with the veteran talent you bring back. I think or, you have
3: just like one small question mark, maybe two at on defense and then you've got a couple of big ones on offense but then the rest of it is just like all right how much do these guys cuz you know who it's going to be mm-hmm. it's just going to be a matter of how much better they get I mean, how is, much they what do they look like is
2: is linebacker a question because of Owen Papo and and sort of like what it's a know, small question yeah like that, that that would be to me because you lost you've lost veteran players you lost two really good linebackers yep. and i mean yep, and and usually do. and usually you had someone Right? I mean, when you think about uh, uh, Deshaun Davis leaving, like you had linebackers that that had played a lot waiting in the wings, you know, ready to step in. I I think maybe it's you. You have less experience going into the season at linebacker, even with Owen Papo returning, than you than you've had in recent oh, yeah. years. Which you know could be, but you got talent. But you have talent, and you have you know every, everything around the linebackers seemingly works out with the defensive line and the especially uh, and, the edge guys and the, and the edge. The runners,
3: defensive yeah. line and the oh, you Owen. Know, yeah, I don't want to sidetrack whatever you guys want to talk about for this segment. But I, I did have a question in the mailbag about the defensive line rotation. How Auburn didn't really do that as much last year, and what they think. I think they have an opportunity to be deeper in their defensive line rotation this year because I think the moves they made in the offseason are setting themselves up for that. You know, you did lose a lot of guys in the portal on the defensive line, but only two of them really played. You know, in JJ Pegues and Tony Fair. And and you got you got something back from the portal. You got two transfers from the portal, uh, one in Jason Jones. That I think is going to be a big time player for yep. you. Um, you get Jeffrey Emba. You convince Marquise Robinson to stay home. And then like, yeah, Marquis Burks came back. And I like he had the opportunity, but I didn't know if we were necessarily sitting around looking and thinking, like, well, Marquise Burks will definitely be back on the twenty twenty two team. Like and that that makes a difference. So I think they'll be able inside, to rotate a little bit more.
0: I mean Auburn Auburn's in good shape. Their defensive interior is good.
3: Um and the fact that you bring back two your two most snapped defensive linemen definitely helps. As a rusher, it's just like they just gotta stay healthy. I, I, say, what are your, right, let,
0: let's let's take on the defensive line for a second. What are your thoughts on on Jeremiah Wright? Back to defense.
3: I, you know, I, I'm surprised by it. Really, um, I I have I had heard um, right after that move was made. I had asked around to a couple people who would who who have kind of had some more insight on this. And apparently, the thought was that Wright. It's kind of like a kind of like the jj Peggie situation again it's like they felt like and this is you know right it felt like he had more of a future play on the defensive line felt like he could be a guy you know that that's where he felt like his future was in football and auburn was not going to be a team and be like nope you're going to stay on the offensive line it's like no all right if that's the case we'll move you over to defense i think if he stayed on offense he would have been a very valuable player just because we don't know what the offensive line is going to look like next year right oh absolutely um, but man He could be awesome on the defensive front. I mean, before he got hurt, he was looking really, really good on the on the defensive line. You've got you've got a
0: pair of guys that have three years of eligibility left in Jason Jones Mm -hmm. and Jeremiah Wright that are mm -hmm. monsters. Big I'm, big guys. I
2: believe Jeremiah was. I was asking around. I think I think people found out when he switched his social media profile to say that he was now a defensive lineman. I think I think a little a little change by Jeremiah on mm-hmm. you know from offensive line to defensive it's like, line. It's like Landon King saying he's a wide receiver now. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, well, that Auburn listed him as a receiver now. Yeah,
3: they officially they officially got that um, down. But yeah, no. <laughs> and then like some of those young guys in that room, like I've always heard uh, I'll say always. He hadn't been around here that long, but I've heard a lot of good things about Tope Um I,
2: I keep forgetting a
3: ton of depth man. I keep forgetting uh, uh Marquise Robinson's is huge.
2: He's mm-hmm. Like, he's like Walker has been in the system for a couple of years and he I mean, took a
3: big step back in his in his snap count last, last year. Last year.
2: Yep, he did. And
3: um
2: and, but, he, but still, he's got opportunities. He's a big athlete, there's no question. Yeah, yeah and 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 uh, chose I mean I think some guys Yeah, you don't just, have any trouble splitting up Squads and having depth. Oh, yeah, I, think and I, I think with Zach,
3: I think with Zykevius, I think there's a similar thing there with um I think, I think it's very similar to like Xavion Capers, uh who I was also asked about in the mailbag, tomorrow that you can read there. Um I think there's something to be said of these guys who still be in here? Uh, yeah, under a new yes, coaching staff t- had less of a role last mm-hmm. season and of going to into a portal, they're sticking it out. And look, you play your best players, that's how that's how coaching is and and that's how all the best make decisions but i i would be lying if i said i didn't think that would play a factor the coaching staff will look at those guys and say you know what they stuck it out and they get they get another opportunity and they might be able to take advantage of it right i think zacky walkers in the very very much in the same boat as um as a guy like uh as as a guy like uh uh capers is and looking at looking ahead even further I don't know what his role is going to be like this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks it out if a Desmond Tinsel's like that as well cuz he's not he's not one of those juniors that you're talking like an inside linebacker everybody's talking about um Cam Riley and Wes Steiner obviously. Mm-hmm. He's the third one of there. But he's also one of those guys that like yeah, there's got to be something to be said of dudes sticking it out like cuz they don't have to anymore. Right. Well, and they, I, and I'm all for that. They're eligible somewhere else. And I'm all for players maximizing their opportunities, but there is something to be said for the guys who do stay back. You know, And I think coaching coach staffs really really notice it. Justin Ferguson from the
0: Auburn Observer with us for the final half hour. Yeah, we'll talk a little Jeremiah Cobb. Get uh, Justin to give us his thoughts on him as well. You can join in. 334-321-1390 here on the Thursday Drive.
1: Continues, 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 continues. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into the drive. Final twenty-five minutes here on this Thursday. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson, and yeah, we were talking a couple of segments ago about the commitments that Auburn has received since the last time uh, we had Justin on, and uh, you talked about Carmelo English, the receiver from Carver. Well. Uh, th- just a little west of us, uh, Auburn picking up a big commitment at running back in Jeremiah Cobb.
3: Man, Jeremiah Cobb, a lot of fun uh, when you when you watch him on tape. Um, it, I don't care who you play against. I know some people say, uh, he plays three or whatever. One, I think that's overblown. Two, if you run for 2,000 yards as a sophomore and as a junior against anybody, you should get, get a lot of people's attention. He's a really, really good – and it, it, the thing about him that I like on film is that he's very fluid. He is not a stop-start kind of running back. He doesn't do a lot of cutting. It's just he—he he just keeps his legs moving and he just runs past people. He's just—he's—he's he's got track kind of speed, um, and continue to grow. Uh, very versatile. He catches the ball out of the backfield quite well. I—I I, I could see you could see how Cadillac kind of like Williams thought he was the the top guy that they could go out and go get at, at a running back because. There's there's just this innate kind of like we were talking about Carmelo Scheng- Carmelo Englisher. There's an innate smoothness to his game that you don't get from everybody. You know, a lot of times you can get these really good high school players, and it's like, well, they're this much faster, or this much stronger, or this much more agile, and they win with that. There's a lot of vision and smoothness and just kind of I don't know, just flow to his game at running back that that I like a lot compared to maybe some of the guys Auburn's gotten here recently at running back.
2: No, and, and Auburn has shown a willingness to play running backs pretty early in their careers. It's the easiest, and if this po- it's is, the
3: easiest position to, to play immediately in college football.
2: If, if this is if this is TJ, if, if this is uh, Tank Bigsby's last year, as, be very surprising if it's not. As as a college football player, then you'd think. I mean, even even if Jarquez Hunter's development continues, there could still be a competition. You need three. Yeah, I mean, you need three, and, and there could be yep. there could be a competition as far as who's the lead dog and, and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's it's a it's a promising development for Auburn uh, that Jeremiah Cobb look, looks to be an addition at running back for for twenty twenty three because he could be out there very very early, uh, you know, re- regardless of, of who else is on that team.
3: Yeah, doesn't doesn't do a lot of juking, doesn't do a lot of cutting uh, on, on film, but it's just like he gets the ball, and then it's like, well, no one's tackling him. He's just pat. He's just running past all everybody else, and that's pretty. That, that, that's pretty impressive to watch because it's not. You know, it, it, it just looks different. I guess that's the best way. Him and Carmelo English. I think that's a good thing that identifies with. It, it just, just look different. You can watch a kid's highlight tape, and you can see all the big crazy stuff. And and Jeremiah Cobb has some crazy plays and and cra- and crazy good stats for sure. But it's just. There's just something about him that I that I that I think that uh, can translate really well, really quickly into the, into college ball.
0: No question. I mean, those are those were two nice pickups. The concern for Auburn fans is they're two of just four at this point.
3: They're really good pickups. This is a good foundation. Um, you know, I think they, the average recruiting ranking right now for Auburn of those guys that's close to a top ten level class. Yes, yeah. it's just you got to get more of them. Um, but. My thing about it is the only thing that's going to fix Auburn recruiting is is the only thing that can fix Brian Harson's crack at Auburn and his and his just winning football games.
0: The last year's the first time he's ever had a losing season.
3: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like you got to get people to buy in, right? There's a lot of folks looking around and getting wait and see for Auburn. And we saw last season that this staff closed well in the recruiting class, right, or on the December sign right. period. They went from a bad spot to a pretty good spot. Um, and they did that, and they <laughs> did that off off of a four, four game, game losing, losing streak, streak at that point.
0: Now, of course, of course, the last one of those four was was a pretty impressive performance. And the other it, thing it is that element. what
3: happened earlier this year is a huge hurdle. Yes, but it's a hurdle that can be overcome by winning. And that's the only I thing that's going to overcome though, it. I still think though,
0: Justin, they need to add a couple of more guys. They do before they get started with fall practice,
3: because you, you don't want to get into a spot where you get to the end of your cycle and it's like most of the major players have already made a, made their decision. Yeah, now, you don't want everybody else
0: being at least sixty percent full, and you've got five. If you go
2: well, if you go into the season with four commitments for for the class of twenty twenty three. Uh, it's fair to wonder how many high school commitments you're going you're gonna to ultimately finish with. Because it probably, I mean, look, maybe you, can, maybe you, you can, get 15 you can flip, more can, kids. Yeah, to, I was going to say,
0: you can flip a few.
2: Uh, you, flip yeah, 15, you, 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 you don't want, it, yeah, you, you don't want you don't your future to depending you on flip flipping them, everybody. Yeah, it just, yeah. yeah, just feels like that could be you know, a, a way hit, to sort of, yeah. They got
3: 19 last year. And I can't remember what they had. Uh, They they caught fire late.
0: Yeah, they did. I mean, I think they were. I think they were at around eight or eight to ten or so at this point a year
3: ago. And And I'll be honest, like, as good as the players they've gotten right now, kind of impressed a little bit that they've been able to get them. Because how easy is it right now to recruit against Auburn? Oh,
0: absolutely. It's it's, Auburn. what have they said to recruit
3: against? What have they said and what have they done to get these guys to commit? Because these are dudes who could play at other places. Oh, yes. Right, and Jeremiah you, Jeremiah Cobb, Clemson wanted him, right? Uh, you know, Michigan uh, was after a couple of like. Uh, there's there's some really good players and out there,
2: and they both shouted out their position coaches as big reasons why they're coming. Carmelo English, I mean, Auburn was you know, by by reports Auburn was not a factor in Carmelo English's recruiting uh, when 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 Ike Hilliard got hired, and now he's he's committed uh, to Auburn. And, and in look, the case if of things, Jeremiah Cobb, there's there's clearly you know Cadillac Williams played a big role. And
3: look, if things go south for Auburn. In the fall, and this staff is not the same, whether that's head coach on down or other pieces. By the end, a commitment's a commitment. You can decommit. You can flip easily, right? Like so, uh, I'm not saying these guys are the, those type of players. By the way, Like Carmelo English, Jeremiah Cobb, you know, uh, you know, Ter- uh, Terrence Love and uh, and Braden Joiner. Those guys are going to continue to get recruited by by other folks, but it's like. They're not married to Auburn at this point, right? You know, if things go badly, they can flip. But sure. the fact
0: that they have done it. Right, that they, they, they there was no obligation, there was no reason no. that they had to.
2: It, no. And, and I don't, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily fair to say, uh, not having very many commitments for the upcoming class is a sign that things aren't going well for the program. At the same time, there's only it's not one a sign that well, things are well. There's only one school that has fewer commitments for the class of 2023 in the Power Five than Auburn, and it's Arizona State. So maybe there's maybe there is a sign that you know it, it's not. That's because
3: they can't recruit. That's like legally. By you law, know how many? Fl- you know
2: how many Florida Bill, has? Billy Napier's One got, more. Yeah, Billy, Billy Napier's Florida also. Five. And and there's. I mean, it, didn't he have, every? But but didn't he have to put out like an apology letter or something? What was that? Well, what no, was that he, about?
3: People had reminders of, like his his opening press conference is like, hey, it's gonna be a process, guys. Like they don't want to hear that though. No. Well, if you don't want to hear that it's going to take it's going to be about the process and the build and and it's going to take way uh, a time for us to get to where we want to be, don't hire the guy that worked for Nick Saban cuz that's what he's going to do. That's what all these dudes do, right? You know, it should have waited a few weeks and hired Urban. Kirby Smart had a rough year one at Georgia by
0: Georgia standards. Like if you don't want well, to do that, got, I mean the thing is, and the people that want to, the people that want to criticize, at least I think
3: people knew when Auburn hired Brian Harson it was going to be a build. He's very different than Gus Malzahn. No, Things no, are going to be they, changed. They, they didn't have any idea because nobody knew anything at all about him. True. They at
0: least that's the thing I think that, and that's something that has been held against him, and that's not his fault. They didn't know more about him. They knew more about guys who had been assistants under other SEC coaches.
3: Yeah, yeah I think with the thing with Napier, what he, what Napier did a lot because. He inherited – Lafayette's usually a decent school in the Sun Belt, but, like, he walked into a mess at uh, at, at, at Lafayette. Like, that was, you know
2: – And speaking of Arizona State, he took that head coaching job instead of staying as Herm Edwards' offense coordinator. Like, he let, he, he took that job as – Louisiana to to be the head coach of Louisiana. He was. Billy Napier. He, he was Todd Graham's OC. In
3: hindsight, what a great move that was. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Oh, sure. meanwhile, uh, another former Arizona State guy, Kenny Dillingham, is probably thinking like, yeah, it's probably good that and, he didn't, and he didn't hang around. Also, also, also. Meanwhile, hey, remember when Auburn was going to hire Zach Hill? Zach
2: Hill. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, and
3: Auburn compliance kind of kind of pumped the brakes there. There's no. That ended up working out
2: pretty well. There's no telling who works here. Right now, if Auburn had hired, if Auburn had like insisted on hiring Zach Hill back in January, you know, as as offensive. it would have been rough because yeah, it's it's I mean as, as bad as it nuclear. was that
3: you hired an offensive coordinator and he decided he didn't want to coach there, you know, you know months later, a couple months later, as bad as that is, it could have been worse. You know, I wonder, I, <laughs> like, wondered, yeah, it I could could have been a lot
2: worse with, with, with Napier. I wondered earlier in the week if if some of the. Uh, some of the, the public sort of griping you're hearing from Florida folks about Napier not hitting the ground running and recruiting is, even with the understanding that it might take some time... It's Florida. Well, no, but I, it's I, Miami. Well, no, I think Florida's looking yeah. at Mario Cristobal in year yes. one and Brian well. Kelly in year one and saying, well, why why aren't we... Uh, you know, what, why aren't we hitting the ground running like those coaches in year one are doing? And, and it's a different situation. I mean, Billy Napier's coming in, you know, with, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, he's, he's trying to build something in a different way than he also doesn't have a billionaire like John Ruiz writing people checks down right. in down at Miami. And, uh, and so it's, uh, yeah, I think, I think part of it Florida's
3: fan base is pretty fickle. I, and I it's, wonder, it's, if, it's pretty divided. Yeah, I think
2: part of it has to do with seeing some other coaches in year one not going through what Billy Napier Where, running. as we
3: know, in the history of Miami football, they can pass the plate better than anybody. And they can get everybody on board
2: pretty quickly. Yeah. And things can also go south. Yeah really they can. really quickly. I mean, I personally like, pretty south. Like
3: I like I think Texas A and M is gonna be good, obviously, because they're recruiting really, really well eventually. I still have my doubts about Jimbo Fisher. I always will. I'm in believe it when I see it mode about about Texas A and I, I think it's gonna be quite funny when Miami does all of this and still goes eight and four every year. Or seven
2: and five. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And if they're losing, I mean, if they're it's if they're a little not a factor different. The- it's a little different.
3: Face the ACC is a different yeah. beast than the Pac-12, oh, no doubt. And I think Mario Cristobal is a great recruiter. He obviously can do that. But there were a lot of criticisms about him at Oregon about how he was as an X's and O's guy, as an in-game manager. And the, and the step-up. There's I mean, a step-up there at Miami, especially now that they're not doing this whole divisional thing. Because Miami had it made. Miami, AC, Miami was the ACC, in the weak division.
2: The ACC is the Pac-12 with Clemson. All right, let's let's, let's no. not... I, I don't no. know. I know there's a world difference. You think? Yeah. Have you seen? Have you seen how North Carolina recruits? I know, but I mean, I mean, but have you seen? I mean, you, like, USC got some good, and, USC got some and Washington have had their their moments as solid recruiting programs too. I mean, I, don't, I I would say Clemson's the big difference. There's not a Clemson equivalent right now in no. in, the, in the Pac-12. Second best team in the ACC. Not that much better than, than the in than the, the past Pac-12 programs.
3: In the past decade, what's the difference between USC and Florida State? Ooh, USC's got more buzz right now. That's about it. Yeah, but I mean, let's, let's excuse... They've also kind of fallen flat on their faces and
2: states... But excuse, excusing
0: Clemson, like had a ten-win season a whole lot more
3: recently than, than
2: eh, Yeah, I mean, I mean USC I mean, almost made the playoff in seventeen. Yeah. Oregon and Washington have both made the playoff in the era. Oregon went to the college football national championship Washington had it a early.
3: long time ago. That's like that. That's like saying we should give Michigan State credit for making the I know, playoffs.
2: I just I would say that if you like, if you acknowledging Clemson, acknowledging there's not a Clemson equivalent, I would say the ACC is remarkably similar to what Mario Cristobal was dealing with and at, at when he was at. I was don't board.
3: think so because they actually have football players over here. They actually recruit them. Right. North Carolina, North Carolina's is very. That was a team Miami has to play every year, or he did. North Carolina's North Carolina's there. not no. Notre I, Dame also plays
0: in that league. Notre Dame yeah. kind of plays in the ACC. Yeah. The
3: other thing is that what I've seen, especially last season from Pitt's offense, I haven't seen in the in the Pac-12 in a minute. In terms of just oh, they're bashing people, and they're and they're and they're looking good while they do it. It's. I think, we, you know. It'll be a pretty. No, well, it'll be. Get back, back to your point. Utah, and, and Utah. there's also Utah. Right. Here's yeah. the thing Utah has been the most consistent program.
2: Yeah. In the Pac-12, yeah, and I would say Utah over the last decade has been probably better than you know any outside USA. of outside of Clemson. Princess I, mean, Lord, I yeah. mean, pick pick the ACC program that's been better than Utah well, over the last five six years outside of Clemson. Well, I mean, so I would, so I see your point, but I would I would say the big the big difference is that there's a superpower in the in the con, in the conference Mario Cristobal just arrived in. There's a con, working at full I capacity in, the, in I Clemson. D- I Beyond think the that,
3: ACC's mid tier is better than the Pac-12's mid tier.
0: Well, yeah it's it's a sort of a, a pointless argument because they're not going to be, be a pack 12 or an ac or anything in a, a good couple point. of years i That's mean a good point. So we'll talk about that That's good when point. we come back we yeah. need to get to our final break here on the thursday drive
1: time to churn up some more yardage on the drive <laughs> drive with bill cameron and dan peck on espn 1067 and online at espnau.com to be a part of the drive call 334-321-1390 toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at espnau.com
0: welcome back in final segment of the thursday drive all right so as, as you guys were talking about that, it's like I, I wanted to get your your thoughts, Justin. Now with uh, it, it settled down, yeah, you
3: were gone when we talked. You USC UCLA, yeah, that was just mm-hmm. me and Dan when we did that. I, I was right. listening. Yeah. I wow. was listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: but uh, yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on. I mean, because you know that's going to be something asked of Greg Sankey, asked of most, if not all, SEC coaches, and that is more expansion. And super conference, and it sounds like the SEC is going to stay put for a while. Well, here's here's the... I think I think Greg Sankey is going to say that the SEC. Well, there was and there was and there, was
3: and there was reporting this week from I think Dennis Dodd had it, and there was a couple others who had it. That said the SEC prefers the presidents prefer to stay at sixteen. Because here's the, here's the point. Here's the question now: Who do you get at this right now? Who do you get, and why do you get them? And why would they let you? Well, get everybody them? gets Notre Dame if they can. And that's
0: the next bullet. That's exactly right. That's why nobody makes a move until that. Except for those conferences right now that are trying to, all right, the Pac 12, Big 12, what, you know, what can they do? Well, the AC's
2: hoping nobody right. nobody leaves. It's the question is who's available, to? Right. If, if it's the Big Ten and the SEC and everyone else is on the menu, then, yeah, I would say Notre, Notre Dame and Clemson are your are your well, Notre Dame Keep is it. by far the yeah. number one.
3: And the reporting this week was the SEC prefers to stay at 16 because what happens when you stay at 16? You don't have to share the money. Right. Right, and you you've also
0: got great. I mean, you've got easy scheduling, and the and ESPN, easy scheduling. And the ESPN
3: is not going to be fine, I don't think. So they have a deal uh, that granted rights of what twenty thirty five, twenty thirty six, thirty five. Why would ESPN be like? Yeah, Clemson. Yeah, f- yeah, f- yeah, f- yeah. Miami, go to a conference where we would have to pay you more. Right. They've already got yeah. steel right now. They're, they can sit back and hold that. It's going to be these ACC teams that try to break it, and like legally, they really can't. So, well, they uh, they unless, can yeah. if
2: half the league says we're if, out. If the conference were to collapse, they could break it, yeah. which is you know, if four teams were to and leave I think for that one.
3: Only happens. I think that only happens if the Big Ten gets. If the Big Ten gets uh, gets Notre Dame, and, they, and I don't yeah.
0: think Notre Dame wants to go to the
3: Big Ten. I don't think they do either. Yeah. Well, the, the Notre Dame. They question, love their independence. The Notre and Dame they should. Yeah. They're one of the only.
2: They're the, one of the only schools in America that could pull this off. It's another one of the money questions, though. With Notre Dame, is is, is Notre Dame? Do they love their independence so much that they would take eighty
3: million dollars or more they per would year? Take
2: a lot less in television revenue than and a think, Big Ten team or an SEC team. Right?
3: And, I, and I think part of that. I think in a domino effect kind of way, I think Notre Dame's going to save the ACC. Because if they don't well, they jump, are right now, if they don't jump and they continue this relationship with them, if they don't jump the ACC can still skate and still have Clemson and Florida State and Miami and the Carolina schools and and all that, they can all still stay in the boat. And so it's like I USC and UCLA jumping to the big Ten was definitely the big Ten being like, we don't want to stay at 16. If the SEC's at 16, we want to be at 16. We want to have near the same money. We want to swing as heavy as them. The, the the demise of all the other conferences and then the super conference era begins when another one is pulled. And I think Clemson and I think Florida State and I think Miami would be those teams that would move the needle. But there's really not much of a reason for them to do that right now you know, or a reason for them to be like, yeah, that's cool, that's fine, let's go do Those it. Are the now programs. everyone would have to join, and it's like, does the SEC, the SEC has no incentive, the schools currently in the SEC really have no incentive to say, yes, let's bring in a few more teams and let's divide this money no, up even no, more. Not they have no,
2: not unless, unless Notre Dame goes to the Big Ten. Yeah, because the, the pie's not getting bigger, unless the television, unless or, the or television the network... Ten. Because that was the story with the Big 10 was right. that adding USC and UCLA made the pie larger for a broadcast yes. deal. So therefore, you're you're, you know, you're taking you're love, cutting them into the pie, but the pie itself is bigger. I, there's no guarantee that if the SEC went and added ACC no, teams. You don't want to cut up the same pie into the, more pieces. Exactly, and there's no guarantee the pie would get larger right. unless ESPN really, you know, that, that would be a And the ESPN's already getting those teams at a cut rate. That would be yep. a collaboration, so you know that would be something something to see later. What we wondered about
3: and, and and even the, and you're not really picking off any Big Twelve teams right. at this point. The, like, who,
2: I mean, Oklahoma State's had success, but they're not they a have. needle mover as a football program. Oklahoma and State, and o- yeah. Oklahoma State would be a would be a South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, so so there's um, and Arkansas. And, I mean, and and they, they maybe had, not even that. They've had they've had success in the Big Twelve, but yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to wonder what kind of you know what 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 yeah. you'd be getting if
3: Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State would be a South Carolina in the SEC, where you're just like they're here, they're new ish, and it's like. Thanks.
2: Yeah, they'd be a little more than a South Carolina, but maybe a little more
0: bit. more in Arkansas.
2: Justin has no use for programs west of the Mississippi River. Bill,
0: that sounds like no it. LSU, <laughs> LSU, oh, okay. oh,
2: Texas. Okay. As long oh, are oh. in the southeastern
0: that's Rouge. That's right. It feels like cheating. Justin Bennett, it, it's great. Uh, Name a Big Ten West team <laughs> I'm supposed to care about. <laughs> um, again. We've got about 30 seconds. Once again, let everybody know about
3: The Observer. observer AuburnObserver.com. $6 a month or $60 a year. Get newsletters and podcasts, Auburn football, men's basketball. Click around there on the site. See if you like it. If you do, you can get a free trial or you can sign up. $6 a month or $60 a year. That's going to wrap things up for the Thursday Drive.
0: We're back tomorrow at 4. Hope you will join us. Have a good one, everybody. We are out
4: of here.